Sometimes we just miss the plan. What is the difference between strategy and tactics? Kevin Indig weighs in on these foundational concepts of marketing today on The Edge. Go! Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics. This week's featured guest is Kevin Indig, growth advisor at kevin-indig.com. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks. This is Edge of the Web Radio. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Every week we bring you know, amazing guests to chat about digital marketing news and trending topics out there. We unpack a key marketing topic for our digital marketing audience. So whether you're part of an agency or freelancer or part of a marketing department in a firm, this show is for you. So check out everything over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. Edge of the Web is brought to you by our title sponsor, Site Strategics, pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Our core specialties are SEO, SEM, social media management, conversion rate optimization, as well as the omni-channel media marketing and broadcast, everything that we do here on the show and much more, all focused on results-based marketing that works. So if you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877-SEO4WEB or 877-736-4932. A little bit of housekeeping here. Just want to let you know who's going to be coming up in the future episodes. So coming up, we're going to have Chris Long and Greg Finn after our Kevin Indig episodes. You might want to check out the recent episodes as well. We've had Cyrus Shepard, Mark Williams-Cook, Cindy Crum, as well as Dan Schur in the recent episodes. Check them out. They all had some great things to share in the marketing spaces that they're in. Very proud to be able to have them on board. If you're interested in being part of the show, drop us a line at info at edgeofthewebradio.com. Set your reminders on YouTube to get notified when we post our videos. We're pushing out more and more short nuggets of information from our guests on a regular basis. Make sure you also check out the weekly news podcast that we cover almost everything in digital marketing. Well, not everything because there's, a lot, there's lots there. But we pick some hand-picked news topics to go over, as well as updating you on any Google updates. We're dropping it every Tuesday as best as we can get it there to help you navigate your week in digital marketing. Continued on the show is our co-host, the indomitable Morty Oberstein, head of brand SEO over at Wix. So that said, that's housekeeping. Now let's turn around and meet this week's industry expert. So let me introduce you to Kevin Indig again. He's a strategic growth advisor, creator of the Growth Memo Newsletter, and the host of TechBound Podcast. He ran a ran SEO organizations for companies like Shopify, G2, and Atlassian. He consulted also a number of big brands like Ramp, Eventbrite, and Finder. And he's also an active angel investor. He's spoken at so many different conferences like Online Marketing Rockstars, SMX Munich, Brighton SEO, Tech SEO Boost, and the like. He's also on the Wix SEO advisory board as well. He was also on our show just recently, our last show, but also before that, show 401 when we were talking about ROI for SEO. So you got to check that out. It was a pretty illuminating conversation that we had there. But uh, welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thanks again for having me. Pleasure to be on. You're more than welcome. Hey, something that we caught at the tail end of our last segment that I forgot to cook in there, and this is one of the reasons I reached out to you, actually, was talking about your new podcast. So late on, us, you're with Eli Swartz, who's got a great focus of product-led SEO. Tell us about what you're talking about there. Yeah, thanks. I almost fucked up myself. <laughs> 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 so we're four, four episodes in. 
it's been very successful. Uh, the results have completely exceeded our expectations. And the whole goal is to come at different marketing topics from a contrarian standpoint of view to help people find ideas that they might not be thinking about. And mm. so it's actually really interesting. At Shopify, we played around a lot with this idea of a devil's advocate, right? When we had to make an important or big decision, we appointed someone in the group to just counter-argue and just find ways to poke holes into our arguments to make the argument overall much more robust. And the podcast is very similar to that. Eli and I, we take different or opposing positions about marketing topics like mm -hmm. you know planning for next year or... Uh, LinkedIn or personal brands or those kind of things that are top of marketers' minds. Mm -hmm. And we take opposing views just to help people understand all the different viewpoints of a topic. And then they can make their own opinion based off that. And I have to say, it's been a lot of fun. Eli is a perfect, he's a great, perfect thought partner. Fantastic. And that's really, that gets your uh, your cerebral muscle going, so to speak, because it's one to actually kind of cook yourself in your lane of your opinions, your perspectives. But if you're forced this is what they learn in debates all the time. My kids are learning that right now. If you're actually forced to take an alternate view that you particularly hold, and you have to arm yourself with that contrarian perspective and be able to go through the factual analysis and stake your claim on that space, one, you learn a heck of a lot that you haven't been exposed to. But two, like you said, you're going to be able to find opportunities that you hadn't thought of, right? I couldn't say it any better. Uh, if you wanted to, you know, like uh, uh, explain the podcast for us to others or so, I think that was, that was no worries. I'll do a voiceover for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, <All right>. you. <laughs> well, good luck in that. And you're doing a great job with, with Tech Bound. And uh, we're eager to promote that show as well because it's uh, sounds like it's fantastic. And he's a great partner to work with. Eli's fantastic. And it certainly does bring a, a, a gravitas to the situation. All right. We wanted to dial this segment in and for our listeners you got to go check out our previous segment with kevin when we talked about ai uh, content writing and seo and all the advantages the tools and the risks uh in that space uh, kind of the undiscovered country that we were talking about but this is discovered country uh this topic um however it can be very well ignored country and that's about strategy uh strategy and tactics per se there's you know these concepts although they're buzzwords, and they can be used as buzzwords, sometimes don't have rooted disciplines in marketing firms, do they? That's exactly right. The problem that I've seen in my career over and over again is a language or misunderstanding issue. It reflects itself in a manner that there's a lot of talented SEOs who try to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But due to the nature of SEO, we're reliant on other teams to do what we recommend, right? If you think about SEO, it's really a set of recommendations. But as SEOs, we don't do a lot of stuff out there. Maybe we set up search console account, maybe we create a robots.txt or, you know, but the real output comes from engineers, writers, designers, right? Data scientists, it comes from other teams. And so to persuade other teams, you need to speak a language that makes sense for everyone. Mm -hmm. The gatekeepers to resources are typically executives and executives speak very different languages than SEOs, right? Absolutely. And it's really an abstraction from tactical to the strategic stuff. And I'm saying it's one of the most important problems in SEO because you can't get stuff done if you cannot persuade executives to sponsor your efforts and your projects. Now, that's not a problem that people have who work in small companies where they do a lot of the stuff themselves or where they make the decisions. Sure. But for large enterprises where maybe even, even when SEO decides whether the company will thrive or die, it's absolutely critical and it is a problem that still exists to a large degree today. Well said. The concept of the buy-in that CEOs have to have towards a strategy for 
a particular objective to meet, uh, be it SEO or otherwise, there's a common vernacular that has to be entered into by both the C-level as well as the strategist and the tacticians, right? They all have to speak the same language. And we've talked about that before on the ROI of SEO, but uh, I, I do have one quick quote, and I don't like to, don't mean to be that guy that actually pulls in some sort of poetry or something like that, but hey, Sung Su from The Art of War. He's a Chinese military strategist. I, I caught this quote and I had to bring it in here. Strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. Tactics without strategy is the noise before the defeat. I love that. Oh love my that. gosh, I loved it. <laughs> had to do it. <laughs> it's such a good quote and it's, it's so very true. I would even go as far as saying you first have to define a strategy and then the tactics. And as SEOs, we've been trained to do it in the reverse order, right? right? Like a lot of times the first reaction is to do an SEO audit. When you Google SEO strategies, most results will tell you, oh, do an audit, start with the keywords uh, research, yeah, exactly. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And as you said, that's the noise before the defeat. So strategy is absolutely important and it helps you pick better tactics, right? The tactics have to lead to the strategy, not the other way around. Right. So as SEOs, we first want to start with questions like, what is the impact of SEO on the company? What are my levers? What are my competitive advantages? What are my dependencies? You know, mm -hmm. what's the definition of success? There's actually a lot of different questions that have to be answered before we think about how to get there. And that's when we can dive into the tactical stuff. And that's where we can let our full arsenal of cool hacks and tricks and tips shine. <laughs> That's a pathway that we're going to be going down for this episode here. We have to still educate ourselves on the differences. And I know to a lot of listeners, it's probably going to say, I know what a tactic is. I know what a strategy is. But let's go through some of the basics here. A strategy is a long-term vision, whereas tactics are short-term actions, right? Strategy is the action plan that takes you where you want to go, just like you're talking about. The tactics are the individual steps. And I don't mean to sound basic here, but they rely on each other to be a good strategist you got to be able to diagnose the problem that you have at hand. A tactic won't do that. An audit will not diagnose the problem if you state it of, hey, we need to have 25% market share, right? A tactic won't be oriented to that until you actually have a strategy work through the problem. So goals are one of the most important things for any strategy to understand before it can actually deploy tactics, right? 100%. 100%. Starting with an audit is like driving your car to the shop and seeing what technical issues there are. But what if the owner of the car actually just wants to go faster, right? Or wants to go, you know, electric instead of gas driven. So mm -hmm. you hit it on the head when you said it has to start with goals. Every SEO has to understand what the company priorities are and what their manager's priorities are, where they want to get to and what the objective is, right? Like, mm -hmm. are they trying to grow at all costs? That completely changes the landscape. Do they have to grow at a more efficient rate, which is the case now for a lot of companies mm -hmm. and will be even more the case next year with this recession uh, or this economic downturn. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you first have to understand where's the company, where is my organization or my manager, and then what can I do in SEO to lead up to these company priorities? You know, as an example, uh, just for the SEOs in the audience and others that always focused on certain key performance indicators, we're going to talk about this in a second, but the growth of traffic is not always the end game because you actually could, with content tactics, put yourself in front of an audience that's not wanting your product, but they're finding your site, right? Uh, we actually had an experience long ago, we had a long-term client, and uh, we unfortunately optimized 
outside of where their core services were. It was valuable content, valuable information. But all of a sudden, we're slipping down the slippery slope because Google's believing that we're actually optimizing certain service areas in a location far beyond what we should. The fact of the matter, you have to stay in the lane and you also have to know what are the traffic that you really want to have? What are the users that you want to meet? Just having a glut of traffic doesn't mean success. So you have to have a, a really fine point on what the objectives are, right? Absolutely. I would even argue that for some companies next year, maybe the goal is 0% traffic growth, yeah. but maybe they measure their success by how many more customers SEO drives versus pay traffic, right? Mm -hmm. Or how much SEO compensates or lowers the spend on Google ads, right? These are all different options. And so you want to ask yourself, where does the company want to be in 12 months? Mm -hmm. Sure. You also want to think about, you know, like what the next three to five years look like, but that's much more vision type of stuff. That's much further out. You want to basically think in 12 months increments and then maybe also think about six months roadmaps. So how do I divide that in two? Where do I have to be in six months? Where do I have to be in 12 months? Mm -hmm. And then what are the different steps in between there? And not ask yourself so far as, what are the SEO things I want to have gotten done, but where do my KPIs need to be? Where do my metrics need to be for us to consider this as success? This oftentimes is stuff like revenue, ROAS, maybe brand awareness, mm -hmm. market share. And then you start thinking about more of the SEO types. We're proud to have Site Strategics as a sponsor of Edge of the Web. We're pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Core specialties that we provide are technical SEO, including core web vitals optimization, search engine marketing, social media marketing and management, focus on conversion rate optimization, truly focused on results-based marketing that works. We've also developed a unique omni-channel media marketing and content curation process as guided by our weekly R&D from our Edge of the Web interviews. We incorporate the best techniques for our content broadcast strategy and execution. If you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877-SEO4WEB or 877-736-4932. So you're getting into the space that I really wanted to unpack. How do we measure success of a strategy? How do we measure success of a tactic as well? And it is, well, can we measure a strategy just on the performance of those tactics alone? The answer is no. Okay, It's not just the accomplishments of the tactics. They have to be oriented to the performance. So you have to have metrics that are oriented towards the objective. So. Over at Site, we actually have a methodology that we embrace. It's the GHOST framework. That's goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics, okay? The goals are those general goals of 25% uh, revenue growth over a particular year, right? That doesn't tell you how you're going to get it. It's not telling you how you're going to measure it. That's that overarching goal, right? The objectives are the critical pieces to be able to understand how you're going to measure that success because you can deploy tactics until until judgment day <laughs> and if they're not oriented to be able to lift that measurement of an objective then it's spurious it's space where they were just tactics to do tactics so how do you help companies orient themselves to objective oriented measurements where they maybe have never had that before in their lives 
So there has to be a list of annual priorities for the company. Like, you know, and it can be very qualitative. It doesn't have to be quantitative. And then, as you said, you help them understand what that means and qualitative means. So what is the number that helps us get there? And there's typically some sort of a presentation or at least a meeting where you say, hey, these are the priorities as of our understanding. Do you all agree? So a good kind of way to gauge that for SEOs is, you know, has your manager and your peers, have they all given a thumbs up to the strategy? If they all say, yeah, this is a strategy we stand behind, that is a first great sign. That's a green flag, mm -hmm. right? And then from there, you think about the roadmap. How do I actually get there? As you mentioned, the strategy is a point in the future that's very clearly defined mm -hmm. uh, point of success in the future, but the roadmap is the way to get there. And again, the roadmap is not tactics yet. We're still not, still not talking about the nitty gritty type of stuff. We're still talking about what are different levers, what are different anchor points that I can uh, use to hit my goals. An example could be net new content. Another example could be maybe backlinks or some sort of technical optimization. Again, we're still not talking yet about the exact things. We're still talking about high-level buckets. Mm -hmm. And these have to fit to your company type or to your business model, right? So for example, if you're a, an e-commerce store and your first instinct is to create more content on the blog, I would argue there's probably a lot more that you can do with category and product pages. So all that goes to say that mm -hmm. the, the, the objectives, the goals, the strategy, they all have to fit to your business model as well. And typically, the way that I differentiate between companies is product-led or marketing-led um, SEO. So is a company some sort of a marketplace that has an inventory or user-generated content to drive mm -hmm. SEO, or do they have to create all the content themselves? Hmm. Training ourselves on new ways to actually look at how to measure our success, that's a huge factor of translation between uh, the C-level, like we're talking about, as well as the tacticians that are executing. If you're not having those KPIs available to one of those two audiences, then you're not going to have a successful campaign in any stretch of the imagination. If the tactician doesn't understand their impact on that KPI, they can't steer either, can they? That's exactly right. Here is something that I want to outline that most SEOs miss, right? Mm -hmm. When you align with your manager or the leadership of a company on success, right? Like what are the goals and objectives they want to hit? You're basically describing an output. You're basically saying, look, this is the amount of revenue we want to get or the amount of traffic or leads or whatever the goal is, right? That is an outcome of things that you do. So the way you want to approach it is you want to hold that outcome high up in front of everybody and say, this is success, this is what we achieved to do. Mm -hmm. But then what are the inputs to that outcome, right? What is it that we have to do that we can control to achieve that outcome? And then from there, you want to say, okay, let's check in every week mm -hmm. on how we're making progress to that input. And that input should be something that you can measure every week and that has a clear relationship with the outcome, right? So this kind of constellation of input and output metrics and checking in every week and reporting up to leadership mm -hmm. is one of the most missed things that most SEOs don't do, but that leadership craves to get a feeling for, are we making success and have we set the right goals? Maximize your client's budgets using Wix. Use every dollar towards growth and revenue driving assets by relying on Wix's enterprise grade security and reliability. Work more efficiently using Wix's SEO automation and scalable SEO solutions to deliver sustainable results without vulnerabilities, 
downtime, and workflow inefficiencies for any website of any size. Fix less, grow more with Wix. Go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash Wix today to learn more. What about the ability for tacticians as well as C-levels to be able to check in kind of manually at any point in time on progress, be able to have almost like a scoreboard that, of course, is all working towards the objectives, but actually being able to have that quick check to see where I am in this particular tactic. Is that something that can be embraced by an organization that is just now learning how to measure itself? Absolutely. And I mean, as an executive, you want to probe a little mm. bit. And uh, I only understood that when I became an executive myself and I started probing, but it can feel a bit uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, I actually, you know, learned to appreciate and value it. And so this kind of checking in on the spot or, or kind of spot checking for the matter mm -hmm. or probing, that's pretty much what you're outlining. And I think as a good executive, you do that from time to time in a respectful, kind manner. And if you have as an SEO or as an SEO team, clear priorities, right? And a clear way to hit goals, then that's the best way to decrease probing to a minimum, maybe to zero, because the executive understands, oh, they have a clear goal. They have, mm -hmm. you know, chopped down in chunks. They're on track. They make progress towards the goal. There's no need for me to constantly see, hey, are they doing the work? Is it on track? How is it going? So that kind of simple combination and report, mm -hmm. maybe even creating some sort of a dashboard where that's mapped and tracked automatically every week can be incredibly powerful and can also give the team a lot more air cover and oxygen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because on top of that, making sure that the C-levels are continually bought into the process. You know, we have all worked with C-level decision makers that kind of came sidelong into a meeting. Hey, why aren't we over here, right? And we've all had that discussion going, okay, we were paying attention to this the entire time. How can you bring in that particular objective or goal, assuming that we are working towards that? So having that codifies the goals and keeps those C-levels in line, right? <laughs> hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I, you know, there was a time when I, um, when I got really annoyed by this constant shuffling and then, and, mm -hmm. and pivoting. And then I learned that a very clear definition of success and roadmap and a good strategy removes that, right? Because yeah. then you go back and be like, oh, Hey, you might have, you know, may maybe you, you forgot about this, or maybe you have a lot on your plate, but remember, we talked about this. We have a clear plan of action. Help me understand why now you want to think about something else. Like mm -hmm. what moves you to say, what are we doing over here? Should we revise our goals or not? And then you play the ball back to the executive and then they can make a call and say, oh, okay, look, listen, I changed whatever. Like if they change their mind, which I don't think is a great idea, but at least they can now help you understand where they're coming from and why they're mm -hmm. doing that. But if you don't have that robust strategy in place, then, you know, there's no protection against an executive or a C-suite uh, coming in and saying, right. hey, I changed my mind. Let's do something completely different and throw you, of course. Right. And along with that is that the structure that is implemented and originally bought into, they have to justify themselves out of that if they're bringing a new objective. Because not only did they help cook in the kitchen, right, but they also know how much went into that strategy, went into those objectives defined. It actually can bring that kind of vision quest, visionary, that Don Quixote as CEO, bring him back in. Okay, we don't want to chase after that windmill because we're slogging right here and we're making progress. So those optics are quite powerful for a uh, for a sea level. Hey, uh, I want to pivot around here. Before anything else, what do you think about that concept right there? 100%. We're all on the same page here. We're all aligned. We just got to smack them around, right? So this is the anti-C-suite <laughs> show. No, 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 no. So, uh, it, so here's something that, that I wanted to pull in, and this is, I guess I, I want to say this is not 
my show, this is your show, but I wanted to contribute into this space. Obviously, we're trying to practice what we preach around here on the show on a regular basis. A training course I just came, I went through here a couple months back, brought some of this more into focus for me to be able to activate in the organization. And there's an axiom or anagram of SMART, S-M-A-R-T, and how you actually apply that towards goals. Check this out. Be specific. Can the detail in the information sufficiently identify problems or opportunities? Is it measurable? Can a metric be created from a quantitative or qualitative attribute of this goal, right? Actionable. Can the information achieved from that goal be used to improve performance or another important aspect of the business? Relevancy. Can the information achieved be applied to specific problems being faced by the company and time-related or relevant? Can the information be viewed and referenced over time in order to be able to identify trends? Now, sorry for monopolizing that little section there. This plugs directly into a goal, not a tactic. Tactics are those action items that build towards that. But if you have that smart breakdown, you have a very well-vetted and performing, measurable and uh, relevant piece of information to be able to continually go back to, right? Don't be sorry. I, I totally love that input. And I, I think it's <laughs> it's super valuable. I use the smart framework myself to understand if this is a clearly defined goal. And this is what it really goes back to is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, success is if we grow traffic, but you never know when you arrive. You never know when you hit that goal because it's not clearly enough defined. Hmm. Another problem is, as you said, you know, some goals might be unrealistic. So the uh, achievableness of smart or the A in smart should remind you that you need to vet the goal and you need to see, can I actually do this? And the way to get there is to think about the future, mm -hmm. set the goal, and then think backward. Can we publish five articles every week to hit that goal, right? right. I'm just making something up, but yeah, yeah. it forces you to really think through all the aspects of the goal. And not even that, it also forces you to think about, does the goal even matter, right? What's mm. the impact if I actually get this done? Is this going to be big for the company or is this going to be small? Those are right. all questions right. that... SEOs typically don't ask themselves, but when they do, they'll be surprised how many mountains they can move. So I would argue mm. that a lot of the SEO battles are lost, not because people don't know what to do, but they can't get it done. And the reason is because they don't set smart goals. That's interesting. Having smart goals and doing that particular rigor right there, also going back to the C-level, also keeps the C-level invested in that goal and gives them almost like a, a checklist or a litmus test of if they bring a new goal to it, if it goes through that smart litmus uh, filter beforehand, right? Some of the goals that they bring will be out of context or more trophy concepts that don't matter to the business. And that's where you can actually kind of separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, of good perspective goals that the company needs to go after to thrive. You have those odd moments where a trophy word that has no bearing off trophy phrase or concept that you're trying, that the C-level wants to rank for that has no customer intent value whatsoever, and you don't have the ability to push back on that, this gives you the process of actually filtering and uh, can stem down some of those, uh, what do you want to call them, radicals that go into the system, right? You'd be surprised how often I work with companies where the SEO team is incredibly proud of their work and it just doesn't matter as much, you know? It's like they double traffic, which is amazing, right? And then they bring it to the executive and like, okay, so what? You know, I'm getting 10 times, maybe 50 times 
as many leads through paid ads. Like, why would I care about doubling organic traffic? And of course, it's a, you know, it's it's not as harsh and brutal as I make it to be right now because I want to emphasize the point. But as you said, there are a lot of shiny metrics, and sometimes success can look really good from a SEO perspective, but mean nothing to the company overall. Mm-hmm. So you have to start there. You have to think about the company impact and the impact organization, and then set the according metrics to make sure you really prioritize something that has true value within a company, not fall prey to this shiny object syndrome. (laughs) So as much as we're focused on how to successfully go after a particular goal, a lot of these techniques are built to be able to remove some of the half-cooked ideas or half-cooked tactics as well. So it's a maturation for an organization to step into this process, but it also is a protection for an organization that they don't get radically steered off course by a tactician, a strategist, or a C-level decision maker, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. It opens the waste, right? It gives you air cover. For a matter of fact, it also improves the way that you think about what you're doing because you want to be convinced too that what you're doing has an impact on the company. You don't want to work for a company where what you do doesn't really matter. Right. So I would say it goes both ways. It's a little bit uncomfortable, right? Again, because I totally understand that as SEOs, we're natural tinkers. We love to get into the weeds. We love to find little hacks and, and ways to you know, uh, mm-hmm. solve problems. But there is a step that comes before that, and that is strategy. Let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, SE Ranking. SE Ranking is a cloud-based platform that offers a comprehensive set of tools for SEO and online marketing professionals. Their platform includes a site audit, competitor analysis, website ranking, keyword suggestion and grouping, backlink monitoring, automated and professional reporting, and much, much more. As a new sponsor of Edge of the Web, we want to share who they are and what they're offering. We have a contest. It's the SE Rankings Checklist Challenge. If you complete the challenge, you'll get one month of the Pro 1000 subscription for free. So go to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE ranking. You'll get a free use of the pro level software package for two weeks. And here's what you have to do to complete the checklist. Create a project, add at least five keywords, find five competitors via the competitive research tool and add them to your my competitor section, run a website audit and show what issue you're going to fix. Do a backlink check and upload your backlinks to the backlink monitoring tool, add any page to the page changes monitor that's in the website audit section and show the graphs of history of changes. Send your screenshots of completion of these steps to the email that you'll receive when signing up and you'll receive a full month of Pro 1000 service. And one Edge listener will get a full year business package. We'll announce that on our February 14th podcast. Not kidding around, this is a $2,500 value. So go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE ranking to sign up now. Well, hopefully uh, everybody who's listening to this will play this back a couple times and stop and pause for a second and be able to reflect on the, the goal as a, a fully identifiable pursuit as opposed to just going after tactics like we talked about. You're not going anywhere if you're just deploying tactics because somebody else is doing so, right? Don't look at the SEO audit unless there's something very critical there. If you're no indexing the entire site, yeah, you'd better jump on that. But don't stay in the tactics as if it was a strategy. You must go from the top down to be able to understand where you're going, how you're going to get there, how you're going to measure it, right? And how do you know when when you've arrived? (laughs) 
<laughs> because yeah. that's one of those muddy places that by the time you arrive, all of a sudden the goal has shifted. You never really see how much was invested and what was able to actually come from that. Uh, last words on strategies versus tactics, sir. Yeah, I think we did a, a really good job here outlining why it's important and what really to pay attention to. You know, the one thing that I want to highlight at the end of the day is that alignment is absolutely critical, right? You don't want to do this alone. You don't want to do this in a silo. You want to do this with your manager, your team, and your peers, right? You don't forget other teams, even if they're outside of SEO, you want to have clarity and alignment. There are many synergies between different teams, like paid and SEO, for example, can help each other out wonderfully. And so a good strategy is not just you know, uh, doesn't just hit the criteria that we mentioned, mm -hmm. but also has alignment throughout the company. Uh, okay, last point. I, I gave you the last words, but there's also one other thing here. Uh, a, a goal can adjust based on learning, based on research, based on competitive knowledge. It has to be justified, a particular change, but it just can't be stoic and immovable, right? That's right. Yeah. I think especially now that we're entering a very different economy or maybe are in a very different economy, we'll see a lot of companies that will have to loosen their processes and move very quickly and maybe sacrifice accuracy for speed. And mm. that comes with a certain amount of thrash and changes, right? So there is, you know, goals should not be immovable, as you said. There also should be a high bar to changing them. And the key here really is to do that together and to understand the reasoning. A bad example would be, you know, an executive or an SEO for that matter, who, you know, is not an executive coming into the door and screaming, okay, we're going to do something completely different. I want to get it done by that day, figure out how that's bad. And really good is let's look at the problem statement together. Let's look at how the situation has changed mm -hmm. and how we have to react and get there together. Otherwise, you know, again, you thrash teams around too much, they lose morale and they might not buy into what you tell them to and they might just do something else. So hmm. this is a critical step of alignment and understanding the problem when changing goals. That's awesome. I'm going to play this show back for ourselves, actually, <laughs> because this is uh, I'm, I'm also going to put more commitments uh, on my team as I'm going to go through all this. Um, so rounding this up, Kevin, I certainly appreciate your input and your guidance here. I certainly want listeners to reach out to you if they need help in this process of identifying goals to objectives, to strategies, to tactics. And uh, we certainly want to lift up what you're doing for these companies. But final thing, give us one pro tip for our listeners uh, from an SEO or a corporate strategy standpoint that you think would be very valuable for our audience? So here's my pro tip. Um, everybody, including leadership, should have a very clear number one priority at all times. And uh, there's actually a very famous case where I think it was Peter Thiel at PayPal. Mm -hmm. and, and he basically set a rule that he will only speak to people about their number one priority. Everything else doesn't matter. And this is a very elegant way to force yourself to truly prioritize. And the way that I practice that is that every morning, I spent the first 30 minutes on my number one priority, no matter what. Mm -hmm. like that whatever it is, I spend 30 minutes on it every day. And you'll be surprised how much progress you make against your priorities. But this like exercise to force yourself to think about, if I could only do one thing, what would it be? Mm. Helps people move a lot faster and more efficiently and have a lot better conversations because now they truly think about how do we divide responsibilities? How do we get there? Where am I blocked? Whereas if you have several priorities on your plate, it's easy to do the ones that are not as difficult while maybe they're not the ones that truly matter and make the biggest impact. So have a clear number one priority, work on it every day for 30 minutes and have that be the number one thing to talk about. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. So we will certainly want to promote your podcast, uh, the new podcast, Contrarian Marketing, uh, with uh, Eli Schwartz. And certainly want to uh, send our listeners over to kevin-indig.com. That's I-N-D-I-G.com to go. Uh, hey, if you're interested in some consultation from Kevin, uh, he's certainly spot on. He's a practitioner of growth, and you guys would be well served by reaching out to him. Last words for the entire SEO industry. Man, again, uh, think about your strategy. Thank you so much for having me again for a second time. It was you're a huge pleasure, and uh, you do a fantastic job here. I just want to say that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Very good. Uh, well, well, that's going to earn you another round uh, back, <laughs> a, a, another invite into 2023. So best of luck for everything that you're doing, and uh, let us know at any point in time how we can help you, okay? Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. That said, you want to make sure that you track Kevin down on Twitter at Kevin underscore Indig, as well as Kevin Indig, that's I-N-D-I-G. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Edge of the Web as well. We want to make sure that you're following us over on YouTube, as well as all the other podcast places that you may actually wander or find. Hey, if you're really filling up to us, drop us a quick review over at ratethispodcast.com forward slash edge today. Uh, we'd love to hear how you liked this show, or if you didn't, why would you even want to tell us that? Because it was so... It was too down to good. So, hey, well, from all of us over at Site, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors as well. Make sure that you reach out and connect with them as they're fantastic in, in promoting this podcast, but also they're in it to be able to help you. So jump over there and let them know that you heard about them from The Edge. Make sure you check out all the must-see videos on our YouTube channel. And from all of us over at Edge, don't be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.